researcher in the rough I had the chance to talk to Takeshi Tabuchi who recently obtained his PhD working in synthetic biology RNA gene switches and artificial cells He is originally from Peru and has family roots in Okinawa Japan Before diving into science he considered becoming a plastic artist and has used that artistic expertise in communicating his science to the world. Hello Takeshi, thank hey, you. Hello Darni. Again, thanks for your time. I know you're super busy right now. It's fine. Um I want to talk to you today about graphic design in science because mm-hmm. I saw your thesis defense and i was like okay this guy is a powerpoint god <laughs> thank you not really but thank you <laughs> but uh, i think i've been thinking about talking to people who are really skilled mm-hmm. at communicating okay. or you know doing um performing certain aspects of science that we don't really learn about much mm-hmm. so the non technical side of things yes and i think you're one of the best people to talk to about how to use graphic design in science mm-hmm. so i think maybe to begin with Can you tell me how you became interested in this kind of um what aspect? Well, it's it's not that I just interested is I think it's necessary mm-hmm. if you really want to, you know, uh tell a story or like you want you have an idea that you want to, you know, it want to come across somehow. I think um it's necessary. Otherwise the idea at the points may get lost. as it usually happen you know i don't know if you notice like especially in japan for some reason there is the style of putting a lot of stuff in the poster or in the presentation and then you basically don't pay attention anymore because it's too much to process so yeah you really need to actually you know use graphic design at least in this those cases so it's not that i'm just interested it's it's necessary i think i understand your point but at what point did you think okay no i want to invest time into developing this skill because i think there are lots of things we think are okay this is necessary i need to do this and then we never get around yeah. to it you know yeah i don't know i'm not sure because um funny story says i originally before starting you know my college and everything i was not going to be a scientist mm-hmm. i was actually going to be uh an artist a plastic artist so i guess it kind of came naturally because Yeah, there was a part of me that was not being applied quote unquote. So so you were an artist before that and then there was yeah. an overlap between your skill set and what you think what you thought was necessary in communicating. Uh, yeah, I guess it was a a coincidence, a lucky coincidence maybe, but okay. uh, Can you tell me more about that? The what you were doing before? Like you know when you do, i don't know if if it happened to you when you were younger in art school but you know you get these vocational tests and stuff like that mm. i i was kind of everything was good but also nothing interested <laughs> uh i mean funny thing that, that i think the only uh, category that was kind of not good at or like not interesting at all was like social things social <laughs> And then it turns out that okay, it's what I'm kind of doing this uh, now with the uh, you know science com and you know graphic design is communicating you know, um, but uh, and then the only thing that I always really like to do you know like hobbies kind of thing is like drawing and you know, mm. doing 
you know, sculptures and stuff like that, so arts thing, and then... So very hands-on, basically things with your hands. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, even woodworking or, like, uh, handcrafts, uh, this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. like, I really kind of like it. Now, unfortunately, like, you know, back home is kind of hard to make a living of it, so Mm -hmm. then I need to, I had to choose, like, instead of by, you know, vocation or, like, by things that I kind of like to do, something that I was good at, which mm-hmm. was science, so okay. I decided to go with that. And then I left the, the artistic part as a hobby or something like on the side. Mm-hmm. And then, like, since I already had this kind of natural kind of inclination to into art or graphic design or stuff like visual things, uh, yeah, I decided to apply it in, in my presentations, in my posters, stuff like that. So what's your thought process? So I think you need to be very systematic, right, uh, in general, when you're presenting your results or you're writing a paper or something like that. So what is your thought process when you start thinking about how to present it? Now, the thing with design art sometimes is not that systematic. Mm. Uh, sometimes you have to be because you, you have to do it. <laughs> but sometimes kind of comes you know, naturally kind of thing. You have an idea, like how you want it to look. And then you start from that. Sometimes you actually need to think about like that process. Sometimes you need to, yeah, but it's like kind of case by case. It's not always the same. It depends of uh, who, where are you going? What are you presenting? Who is your audience? Like different, different little things that you need to consider. So I guess I start with that, like, I actually kind of not studying, but kind of thinking about like what I need to do in order to reach the audience I'm talking to. Because it's different talking to a general audience, it's different talking to kids, it's different talking to a scientific audience, it's different talking to a scientific audience. Within your field and outside your field, a mix of both. So you really need to start thinking about that, and then from there you you choose a strategy in, in order to get to them. Okay, so your first step is to understand the target audience. Yes, and understand basically the whole the, thing. The yeah. aim, your purpose. Yeah. Okay. Like the topic of my talk and the audience. I think this, this, these two are really important to think. It's like, you know, when you launch a new product, you actually need to study the market first without, we, before actually doing all that, the, the next thing. So it's pretty much the same thing. You study your audience, you study your not really deeply, you know, it's just, you say, okay, th- those are kids, they may or may not know what you're talking about, so you need to think, okay, then I need to do this and that. So once you've decided your target or you've planned your, you've understood your purpose a bit better, yes. how do you go about making your presentation or your talk or your figures? What what's, You mentioned a strategy. So what, yeah. do you develop a strategy each time, or do you have a couple of, with, with experience, do you have a couple of tried and tested ones? Like, uh, yeah, there are different strategies. Uh, for example, if you are going for a journal club, for example, and mm-hmm. you need to present a paper. In that case, what I do is, like, I read the introduction, I read uh, kind of the idea, like, really skim it through very quickly. Uh, maybe I leave it on discussion, conclusion, but I look mainly at the pictures. The pictures. Pictures, in this case. In the case of going for a poster, I basically also think about the pictures, but also think about um, 
what it's important that I would need to show because you cannot put everything, which mm. is a big mistake that a lot of people t- uh, uh, does is like, they want to put everything, but you cannot. So, so you cr- try to cram it all, yes. but then in the process you lose your audience? Pretty much. Okay. So you really need to think, okay, this is the important thing. This is the message I want to, you know, s- tell. This is the story I want to tell, and that's it. It's same with the presentations uh, of, I don't know, the thesis or like anything like that. It's like, um, just put what is important and just put what you're actually going to talk about. Don't put all that stuff because it's, if you're not going to talk about that, you're not going to explain anything, don't put it. You okay. Know. So limit, try to prune your message yes. such that you have only the so, necessities. So sometimes is you go with the visual first, sometimes okay. I go with the story first. Mm, so okay. that's, I, I'm not really sure how, what's my thought process of how, why I choose one or the other. Maybe if I already have the story I want to tell, maybe go with the story. If I have, if I have already prepared picture, for example, if I presented my thesis and I already did all the thesis, all the pictures, so I already have the pictures. So now the thing is like, how do I put them? You know, so it depends. And then also based on, for example, the color scheme of the pictures, I choose like the color scheme of the presentation, for example. So what's your favorite color scheme? Do you have one or do you I just... I don't think I have one. I try to... What I do here is because we actually have a, a template, you know. We have a, like an organizational like a color scheme. So I kind of have to go with. <laughs> but I'm not always stick to it. But I try kind of to respect the, at least the general, you know, feeling of, of the colors and then adapt the, the figures sometimes, adapt the figures to the color scheme. I see. So... I guess this is a very minor question, but okay, say you're looking at a paper that uses a lot of red and green. Yes. Um, do you Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> so do you go with the presentation based I mean built around those colors or do you say, Oh, I want to use blue and then you kind of modify the figures to suit that palette? Uh, if those are my figures, I because I can modify it if my armor figure, if there are other people's figures, I tend not to change anything of those figures because those are, those are not mine. Um, unless those are minor changes that I needed to in order to kind of fit on the feet in the screen or fit. Uh, I see. But uh, otherwise, I try to keep the images as they are. Mm. Maybe just kind of trim them or then rearrange them to fit, but uh, otherwise, change. I try not to change the. And now in terms of the presentation, um, it's usually it's a good idea to always go with uh, colors that kind of fit everything, mm. like neutral colors. So you're, if I want to use neon pink and neon purple, yeah, you it's would not. not. Gonna work. It's not going <laughs> to work most of the time. Maybe one time it's going to work and never again. So Why are you crushing my dreams? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can still do it. <laughs> but yeah, I, okay, coming from an experienced person, all right, fine, I will put aside the neon pink. <laughs> so I think I have a better idea of how you go about thinking, uh, how you think about your design mm-hmm. for a presentation or a poster. Uh, but okay, take me, I was talking about neon pink. Mm-hmm. If I'm starting from scratch and you know, the, mo- the prettiest PowerPoint presentations I made were basically just the default theme, uh-huh. and it was just aerial black. Black and, and just white pasted. background. Yes, yeah. everything is pasted. Something that works, that works, that works good, 
like you know sometimes less is more mm-hmm. sometimes the simpler it is maybe the message goes across directly that really depends um, so that's audience. good to hear but say all right i think let's let's assume that i am more comfortable now with making presentations and i want to make them look better but i yes. don't have any idea how uh-huh. and let's say i don't have the kind of artistic background that you have mm-hmm. how would you suggest i go about learning um or practicing i mean that's the thing like this is a kind of talents that you can be born with but you can also learn mm-hmm. you can learn like basic strategies or basic kind of rules or guidelines to how to make it good like what colors combination works for example what kind of font size you should do you should use uh, yeah these kind of things you can actually learn now like uh, where to find that maybe just google you know <laughs> like, how to go- make a good presentation now <laughs> I think- rule of like the way to do it is when you prepare your presentation your post or whatever you need to think from the point of view of your audience who is going to look at it like try to really you know it's kind of impossible to not be biased when you are making the thing because you are the one who is creating it like this is my creation but uh, try to kind of leave it aside yeah leave it aside and then look it as an audience and see okay uh, I cannot really read this I cannot understand or I cannot really see the point for example that's fair. Um, so maybe let me try approaching the question in a different way. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier uh, that you see common mistakes being made. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can talk more about that. What do you see a lot of scientists or students doing that you mm-hmm. think um, would you would rather not see it happening? The, the thing I mentioned earlier, like too many stuff in the same slide, for mm-hmm. example, in the presentations. You know, I remember... Uh, I don't know where I read that or heard that, like, you know, you're not limited by a number of slides. Okay. You're limited by the time, maybe, but not by the number of slides. So use your slides. If you need to split this image that have, you know, five panels into five different slides that do every single, you know, graph into a different slide, instead of having the five of them in the same. Because sometimes it's really bad that you put, like, 20 like I've seen like this slide with 20 things and a lot of text and it's like what do, what do I, where do I need to look here mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. if I if I as an audience if I need to put kind of too much energy too much effort to actually tr- follow what's happening you lose me yes uh, in general you lose anybody who who needs to really work at trying to you know follow what you're saying and also follow what's happening on the slides that makes a lot of sense. I, I totally agree, I think. As someone who's easily distracted, yes. when I'm watching a presentation, I zone out so easily when there is a lot of information dumped on me yes. at once. So the strategy there is uh, simplify everything for the audience. Simplify. Yeah, make it as easy for them to digest. That sounds like great advice. I've heard a lot of people also say that, uh, you know, things should not be dumbed down. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I think what they're trying to say is that you don't want to uh, go for aesthetics over conveying the technical element of it. So what's your opinion on that? Uh, I mean, aesthetics is always important. The first thing that, that goes across is aesthetics, you know. 
when mm. you order food, the first thing you get from the food you order is how it looks. Definitely. And then based on that, you kind of do a judgment of if this mates you know, taste good or not based on how it looks. It's also similar to posters, also similar to presentations. Like aesthetic is important. If maybe not the most important thing, is, uh, but again, that depends of who's the, what the purpose of your presentation and who's your audience. Generally speaking, it's a general audience. Well, well, you want to catch them atten- their attention. You want to you know keep them you know interested in you. So, uh, if putting too much technical stuff will make them kind of lose lose their attention, then this is not good. Mm. Uh, sometimes you need to put it because you are doing a technical presentation to, I don't know, a, a team of, you know, working in a project, then you really need to put the technical part, right? Yeah, you don't really need, care about the, the aesthetic in this case, but so. I see, so you're saying, again, it comes back to knowing your audience yes. and the purpose? And, and the purpose of your presentation, yes. And if you're presenting or you're trying to communicate to people who are not familiar with your work, aesthetics become much more important because you want them to pay attention. Yes. You want them to yeah. be interested and engaged. Yes, and en- yeah. engaging is a, is a key. And for that, design is, yeah. a, is paramount. Yeah. yeah, but again, it's not the most important part because if it's just look good but does have no content, then it's also the same thing, right? <laughs> okay, so I guess the, the assumption in our conversation is that there is something to present. Yes. It's not like, okay, I'm, I have like a slide saying one plus one equals two and yes. <laughs> present that to a biology lab. Okay. But, but you know, even that, you can make it interesting. <laughs> you know, one How, how one would you make that interesting? <laughs> I know, I mean, humor, for example, is a really good uh, tool to use, a very powerful tool, humor. But there's always a sweet spot. Too much, you kind of make your presentation look like a, a joke. A joke, and too little. Uh, I mean, too little is is the most common thing. You kind of try to find that, you know. Do you remember any anecdotes um, based on, I don't know, people making jokes in presentations or a reception to a joke you made uh, in a, in your presentation? I know that's a very specific question, so don't worry if you can't remember anything. But I'm I'm curious. Like, um, I don't know, I, I, again, depends on the, the, who is my audience, but for example, when, when I present in my group meetings, I tend to put memes and jokes in between. Like, <laughs> now, the thing is, you can put these jokes as a Easter eggs that are kind of a way to attract the attention, but it's not the main part of the presentation. So the people's understanding... So of- if people understand, then it's the Easter egg from here and they fun from there. If people don't, then it's fine because it's not that it means anything important for the presentation. Sounds good. So I think yeah, I've basically learned a lot. Um, and I think the most important thing is that when trying to design anything, you need to think about who's receiving the message. Yes. Sometimes less is more. Sometimes less is more. And yes. to improve, you just need to keep trying and practicing. I think so, yeah. Practicing is, as in any, anything you do, practice is important. It's the only way to improve. Okay. Yes, yes. Do you, to wrap up, do you have any uh, recommendations as to what kinds of tools beginners can use that are kind of user-friendly, but also, uh, you know, these allow you to kind of experiment? Uh, I mean, the tools that people normally use, you know, the, the common tools, they actually are really powerful. I mean, most of the people just know, like, the basics. Mm-hmm. But you can, from there, you can increase what you know about, like, 
For example, my presentation was fully PowerPoint. All the animation you saw were from using PowerPoint tools. So, so you from PowerPoint you can see like really simple ones, and then you can so you can see like really really complex. Mm. So you can just start with PowerPoint, right? And right. Learning, okay. learning there, like learning what you can do with PowerPoint, and then start exploring there. There's many, 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 many different tools. Uh, yes, go deep into yeah. what exists and what you know, Prezi, Canva, Keynote. So there's different things, different tools that you can use. I guess uh, the, th the, the recommendation would be use uh, what you're comfortable using, what you know how to use, and then from there kind of master it. Okay. Yes. So you can work with what you have. You don't need anything fancy. Yes. But just experiment, play around, learn more about it. Go deep yes. into its functionalities. Yes. Because all of these problems, most of them, there are so many things that you don't know about it. So you Definitely. Can, so, <laughs> yeah, you just keep exploring and then you find like interesting stuff. Sounds great. Yeah, thanks again for your time. Yeah, no, no problem. Definitely. I, I, I'm actually going to look up some PowerPoint tutorials after this. So. <laughs> Arigato, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. <laughs>